Nothing for the record And nothing to condemn Mr. Nelson Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Million Dollar Sign Show from Hit and Run Phase 1, originally just called Hit and Run, uh, but then Prince decided to tease us all by putting Phase 1 at the end of it. Uh, recorded early 2015 at Paisley Park and released on the 7th of September 2015, on the track we have Prince, we have Judith Hill, Joshua Welton, uh, the MPG horns as they were at the time, and then String Genius, which uh, was a website that does string arrangements that Prince began using, I think, on Artificial Age and continue to use on both songs that are on Hit and Run Phase 1 and 2. The track is 3 minutes 10, and joining me to talk about today is Christy Norman. Hello, Christy. Hello, Darren. I'm glad to be back. Now, obviously, uh, what Prince had done, you know, leading up to this between uh, Artificial Age and, um, and, you know, the eventual release of Hit and Run um, was... Uh, well, first of all, he made a deal with Tidal, so this remains exclusive to Tidal to this right. day. So, if you want to try and listen to it on Spotify, you're out of luck because <laughs> it's not on there. Uh, but what he'd also done is he just started recording kind of random songs here and there. Um, you know, like uh, you know, Hard Rock Lover was just a song that he recorded and put out there. You know, via SoundCloud. Right. Um, Fall in Love Tonight was recorded for um, you know his appearance on New Girl. Um, and, you know, he had he'd been involved with Joshua Welton as a producer on his previous album. And, you know, some of that, obviously, you know, his his involvement had kind of continued over here with, you know, um, Mr. Nelson is basically a remix of Clouds. Right. Um, you know, there were there were other tracks that had basically been kind of hanging around for the last couple of years. And Prince decided to just scoop them all up and stick them together and call them a hit and run uh, which had been the name of the the tours that he'd been doing the previous year um, and also he'd had that as a name for some tours I think in the early 90s as well where it was basically just you know he announced a gig and then a few days later he was doing that gig yeah it was real super quick yeah and that's that's the same thing that happened here where I remember that he was doing like a tour and he was over here in Europe and just you know he's in London all of a sudden and he was like a friend of mine was like, should, you know, should we go and see Prince? And by the time he'd asked the question, the whole thing had sold out. And, you know, and so there's a lot of like very small venues that he was playing. And he was just kind of doing these these kind of quick, you know, gigs here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's super cool. But it was really frustrating as a fan to try and like to plan and go and see him. Like if he was, you know, in another part of Texas, I mean, that could be six or seven hours away for me. But that takes a little bit of planning, especially with kids. And and same for me, like, you know, even even though, you know, getting down to London isn't that hard. It's like, well, you know, depending when he starts, it's, you know, how am I going to get home? Or, yeah, uh, it was a bigger question. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was. Kind of, and also the fact that the, the, the venues were so small, particularly over here, that it meant that, you know, by the time you'd heard about the fact that Prince was playing a gig, uh, like I said, all the tickets had pretty much sold out. You know, he was he was only playing like, you know, 1000 seat kind of uh, venues over here. And, and it, you know, it was fun that he was doing it. But at the same time, it was very frustrating. Yes. Um, you know, to to kind of, you know, for him to just be kind of showing up and kind of uh, kind of just doing these quick gigs. Um, now, obviously, you know, the previous year he'd released two albums on the same day. You know, the fact that he released released Hit and Run uh, as, it, you know, it was originally just going to be Hit and Run and then you know, phase one was added at the very bottom of it. And that meant that, of course, that teased that phase two was ready or, you know, that Prince was ready to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
you know, obviously the the kind of like the the title deal, like I said, remains to this day. Uh, but basically, the entire album was like streamed a week before it was released on CD uh, as just like a title exclusive. Um, you know, the album did okay. You know, it got to number fourteen in America, it got to number twenty eight over here. Uh, it didn't really stay in the charts for very long. It was only in for a couple of weeks, and I don't know if that's just you know that's that's kind of like how albums are these days. You know, like uh, particularly for I would say older acts. Uh, yeah. You know, you can you can do really well in the first couple of weeks, and then it kind of uh, you know disappears off the chart. It did stay on the uh, the the Billboard R and B album chart for about eight weeks, um, and across Europe, you know, it charted. I don't know, it charted quite well in quite a few countries, and kind of hung around uh, for quite a while. I find it interesting that Belgium had it for in the charts for sixteen weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why this this was suddenly a, a big hit in Belgium, but you know, there you go. Um, and, you know, then obviously, you know, merely months later, uh, we got hit and run phase two. Um, and and so, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like, you know, to, for me as a fan, I remember like the two albums coming out and then this album coming out. And then, you know, uh, the announcement of hit and run phase two, like almost like, you know, like kind of before you'd even had a time to really to absorb part one. Right. Um, and it kind of led me to think, oh, well, Prince is you know, he's, he's back in the game of releasing tons of material after like a four year drought. And, uh, you know, even kind of like putting the odd track up, like, you know, to bourgeoisie or releasing singles like free yourself. Right. It did feel like he was in the studio producing a lot of material. And finally we were kind of getting, you know, the floodgates had been opened and we were going to get ourselves like a number of Prince albums. Uh, obviously that didn't happen because after hit run phase two. Um, but you know, I think this is this is kind of like interesting that, you know, Prince had kind of, you know, he obviously liked what he saw with Tidal. Uh, you know, he'd kind of fallen out of love with the Internet a few years earlier and spent a lot of time suing people who put anything on um, YouTube. Right. And so it was refreshing that it seemed like he was he was happy with Tidal, mainly because I think Tidal paid him a large amount of money for the album, uh, which I don't know. It's, it's nice that Prince was getting paid, but also they were paying at a higher rate than, you know, Spotify. I mean, I think everybody's paying at a higher rate than Spotify. In <laughs> yeah, terms I of, think like, so. The cost for streams. So, yeah. And, and also, you know, the the, you know, the quality of the, the you know, the, the files was, you know, obviously bigger than just the stuff that was on Spotify. You know, it was like a, a higher bit rate and everything. So I guess the things that he kind of fell out of love with the Internet about we're now kind of remedied a little bit, you know, getting paid more money and also with better quality files. And so, I don't know, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if he'd have maybe gone on to do like hit and run phase three and four or whatever, <laughs> because, you know, it, I don't know if he would have gone back to Tidal for those. It's interesting that phase two wasn't on Tidal. So I don't know if he, he soured on Tidal a few months after the deal was made. He had a pretty short attention span. So who knows? Yeah, it's not surprising. No. Uh, of course, during this time also, he played in the, uh, you know, he played at the White House for the Obamas on the 13th of June, 2015. And it was around that time that he kind of indicated that he had an album, you know, in the works and, you know, he was doing stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, nothing better than seeing, uh, you know, the the Obamas with Prince, um, you know. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a re I don't know. As a Prince fan, it just felt like, you know, kind of 2014, 15. It felt like Prince was kind of, you know, re-energized and kind of had an idea. 
Um, you know, particularly coming off like his appearance on New Girl, which I think I lo- I, I mean, I'll talk about it more when I get to the track, but I don't know, just him being like, he likes this TV show, calling up the showrunner and being like, can I just be on it? And then they're like, okay, I guess Prince, like, it, I, I don't know, I just lo- I love that he was still capable of kind of confounding people. Right. Um, you know, even kind of, you know, in in his 50s, he was still capable of just kind of kind of coming up with these puzzling things where people are like, what is going on with Prince? Why is it like just kind of getting himself back into the mainstream in like the most unusual of ways. First he changed um, his you know. name and now he's doing this and nobody, you, you <laughs> yeah. don't know what to think, but that's kind of what made him so great. I think also, you know, we'd had the, uh, you know, the induction into the rock and roll hall of fame as well in between. And, you know, like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's not like, it's not like, you know, and, and along with the Super Bowl appearance, it's like this final kind of decade of Prince, it did seem like he kind of was more content and kind of had a better idea of, you know, when he was releasing an album, he was like, okay, this is, you know, this is the material I'm doing right now. And this is, you know, it didn't feel, you know, like, um, you know, aside from one track later on this album, it didn't feel like there was stuff that he was kind of dredging out of the vault. It just really did feel, uh, particularly with this opening track, like, you know, although there are references to other Prince songs in it, right? Um, it does. This doesn't feel like there's any way that Prince has had this song sitting around since 1987. You know, this is oh, clearly no. a new song. You know, it's it's completely different from you know the stuff that was on the previous couple of albums as well. So, um, you know, but let's get into the the million dollar show. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, we are we are welcomed to it um, at the very beginning. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, and told you know, uh, welcome to the mill million dollar show uh-huh um and i don't know if the 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 kind of the the boast of this is something that you've never seen before is particularly accurate um because uh, right you know, well i mean and he starts the song off with this like little compilation of a number of his er, like early to mid 80s hits and that was something he did a lot in concerts he'd have these like kind of mashup mixes that were kind of similar sounding. So it wasn't something we'd never heard before because it started off with like some of his most familiar and well-known tracks. But yeah. I mean, well, it, it starts off with literally his first ever track. So yeah. we, we kind of get the, you know, the, the opening acapella from for you before it goes into 1999 and let's go crazy. Obviously two of his bigger hits. Um, so yeah, the, the, the promise as, as sung by uh, Judith Hill, that this is something that you've never seen before. I feel right. is, uh probably not correct. Um, but I don't know the kind of this, 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 the kind of music make you lose control um, again. <laughs> Right. Well, maybe it's just like if you've never been to a Prince concert, that's where it's something you've never seen before. You've never seen a show quite like a Prince show. Maybe not if you've never seen it, something like this from him. But if you've never been to a Prince show, you've not been to something like this. They were an animal, a beast of their own. And I would say as well, this is like the, I don't know, maybe the second album in a row where Prince has started the album with like an introduction song. Yeah. Uh, I would say the Artificial Cage is kind of like an introduction song to, uh, I, I guess, the kind of very loose concept that will go throughout that album. Uh, and this is kind of the same here. Like this is this is very deliberately, like there's no way that, you know, this could be a song halfway through an album. Um, you know, it, it kind of has to be the opening track. It's really kind of setting its stall out as like, this is an opening track to yes. an album. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, 
I, I guess like you know, there's a when you listen to it the first time. Obviously, I think Prince lulls you in a little bit with the you know the samples of familiar songs, uh, and I would say that the uh, if I'm being charitable, the sound is a little harsh um, mm. in mm. terms of the production, um, and and I guess you know. Uh, that is maybe more down to Joshua Welton than Prince, like the yeah. uh, the kind of the beat and everything. It just uh, I don't know. I don't think we've even actually said what the genre is, but I guess like opening opening dance number is probably what it feels like. Yeah, it's kind of it's a pop song almost. It's got a lot of like good fun fancy beats to it, but not in like the annoying like bubblegum pop kind of way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like when Prince comes in with, you know, you heard the news on the internet about the tickets you got to get. Your favorite band is coming to town. <laughs> what was lost is now found. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, this is this is around the time where Prince literally was doing that of just literally like on the internet being like tweeting out something and saying, I'm going to be playing these three gigs. Tickets are on sale now. And then, uh, you know, inevitably uh-huh. they would sell out yeah, quickly. And, and, you know, so... Yeah, it's it's almost kind of like this is Prince telling us what he's currently doing, which I always kind of enjoy when Prince does kind of get into this narrative of like telling us what's happening and it's just what he's doing right now. Uh-huh. And so this kind of, I don't know, I guess at this point, you know, the phrase you heard the news on the internet, I, I don't know, 20 years earlier or 10 years earlier might have sounded revolutionary. Uh, but in 2015, it's it's kind of like, yeah, of course, Prince, you know. Every- <laughs> that's where everybody gets their news what are you talking yeah, about yeah <laughs> I, I think these days if you said to someone have you heard the news they're not probably going to go what on the internet you know they're probably just going to be like yeah you know I, I've, I've seen it all over the place you know like the, pretty much everyone's always on the internet so um, right you know and he makes a reference I think to Serena Williams I think that's who the Serena is that he talks about which is yes yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that because I had actually tweeted at Judith Hill and asked her you know who Serena was, and she confirmed for me that it was Serena Williams. Yeah. So. so he tells tells Serena first, <laughs> first come first serve. Which again, like it's a it's, it's Prince doing this thing of taking like a common phrase and then changing the meaning just a little bit. So you know, mentioning Serena, it's like it's not just like you know the the kind of the scarcity of tickets. Yeah, it's a tennis. Yeah, it's a tennis. It's right, a tennis. It's a tennis yeah, term it's a, too. It's a, yeah. Uh, which I kind of like that as well, you know, like the, uh, Prince kind of talking about selling tickets on the Internet for gigs and then turning it into just a, a kind of passing kind of tennis joke. It, I don't know. It, uh-huh. it, I guess that's the kind of like word pay that I enjoy from Prince, you know, and I, I, I don't know what what we mean is who got the nerve standing outside people singing in line. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I guess Prince is painting the picture of, you know, what the million dollar show is. And obviously, you know, it's getting either, you know, hearing the news on the Internet and then standing outside in line to get tickets, um, you right. know, which you've got to get uh, according to according to the opening. Um, but yeah, and we get the return of the chorus, you know, uh, a couple of times throughout the song, um, you know, and Prince saying, don't listen to the music, saying fear the fro, you got your. Uh, is it money I think he says Uh, so you go 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 Uh Uh, miss it for the world only the insane they're coming through the snow the sleet or the rain and I don't know I guess as you know, for for mm-hmm. Prince, uh, any references to snow always feel like he's kind of talking about what happens in, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing, you know, Prince has probably paid a number of gigs where he had to go through the, the sleet or the snow or the rain to get to to get to gigs um, or where people had to come to Paisley Park, you know, for some of the gigs that he'd, he'd held where it might have been snowing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he says, you know, miss it for the world, only insane. 
And again, I don't know. I'm sure there's another song I've recently talked about where Prince talked about the haters. And <laughs> yeah. he says, only the haters ever complain. Can't hear Jack in the back of my plane. Um, yeah. And then we get the plane noise, yeah. <laughs> which I kind of love. It's got, it remind me of International Lover. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, I think he also does that in um, Big White Mansion. I call it Big White Mansion. It was just White Mansion. In White Mansion, he also has when he he talks about how you can't see your, your house underneath the snow. He has like a, a, a that, that same kind of like airplane effect as though, you know, people are flying over. Uh, Paisley Park trying to mm-hmm. find it in the snow, which I'm guessing due to the fact that it's painted white might be a bit difficult. Um, yeah, so he tells us, you know, turn up, move it, uh, turn up, turn the music up so the dis in vain, and then of course finds finishes with turn the music up. Um, so you know, I I don't know, I I guess uh, you know this is probably falls somewhere in the I don't know. It's Prince has had these songs where he's kind of bragging about stuff. Um, and bragging about how great he is but generally the song he does the bragging in is not as great as like other songs so it always feels a little bit hollow right um and this is a song that's welcoming you to a show that you know from this song i would not say is worth a million dollars um you know so it does kind of feel like a bit of a kind of i I don't know i like some of the you know i like the little kind of the tennis gag and i like the kind of uh, I don't know, hearing a 50-something-year-old Prince talking about, you know, the internet always kind of amuses me a little bit because, you know, obviously when he was doing it in, like, 96 or 97, it sounded a bit revolutionary. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but doing it now... Like cutting edge. <laughs> yeah, doing it in 2015, it just sounds a little bit kind of weird. And uh, I, I like that he's held on to the internet as, like, a thing. Um, you know, like, I just like I like that. Um, like, it's something you have to seek out. It's not just, like... Yeah. around us all the time <laughs> like because it is it's around us all the time now we've got computers and phones and you know everything our televisions everything's connected to the internet now and yeah like you he's still kind of of the mindset that you have to go and seek out the internet <laughs> so, you know i don't have to run a cord down my hallway anymore to dial up the internet anymore yeah i, I mean i'm guessing he probably still have people on pages at uh, paisley park uh, even because a few years before this, he was still making reference to pages. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, right. I can I, I, I find the kind of the, the, the welcome to be a little bit hollow because the show I'm being welcomed to in this song is probably not worth, as I said, a million dollars. It's probably, I don't know, maybe worth half that. I, and I, I, for, <laughs> for me, I find this to be a bit of a kind of middling open to this album. And, you know, this album is basically kind of a collection of like random songs. Uh, and though this, this right. song couldn't go anywhere else on the album, I don't think you would miss anything if you skip this and you kind of mm. go straight to shut this down. Although, you know, shut this down has my least favorite thing, which is a song starting with the title, um, you know, so which was something that kind of plagued rave, you know, pretty much every single song in rave starts with someone just saying the title of the song. Um, so I, I don't know. I think for me, this is probably uh, probably like a two and a half, realistically, uh-huh. maybe a three on a good day. But I, I just don't think it's a very strong open to the album. And I feel like this album, it, it really improves as it goes on because I think the material gets a bit stronger, uh, possibly the further right. away we get from Joshua Welton's production. Uh, but this feels more like a Joshua Welton taking something that Prince has done and then really kind of going to town on the production. Um, whereas some of the later songs, they feel more like Joshua Welton is restrained a little bit um, in terms of mm. like his, his influence. Uh, but I still I still like what Judith Hill is doing. I still find the chorus really catchy. Uh, but I just think it's a kind of a weak opening track in terms of this album. Maybe if he'd done like the million dollar <laughs> experience and this was like the opening track of like a six track EP that was a bunch of remixes, 
maybe I would look more favorably on it. But as the opening track to, you know, Prince's penultimate album, it just doesn't feel like it's, you know, a particularly strong opener for me. Hmm. Well, that's fair. Well, he didn't know that it was his penultimate album. I don't think so. But I would say I'm probably like a three, three and a half on this one. I just it's it's fun to sing along to like if I'm out on a walk and the song comes on and, you know, I kind of pick up my step a little bit. I love Judith Hill's voice. I think the vocal effects that he uses are funny and interesting. And, you know, I like the there's like storm noises in it, too, which is another thing that he used a ton it before shows and during shows when he played them live and he used it a lot and other stuff. I, we actually just talked about a vanity six album and they had it in a song in there where there was like a, a a storm sound to kind of make his point and illustrate it. So it was something he visited a lot. So that kind of, I don't know, warms me to the song a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It is quite like, you know, I, I, I had to restrain myself for not saying the words Million Dollar Show the way that Judith Hill says them because it does kind of get stuck in your uh-huh. head as a bit of like an earworm. Uh, uh-huh. but yes. I just I just don't I just don't feel like it's a very str- like strong opening to the album, you know, regardless of whether or not Prince knew it was his penultimate album, probably didn't. Uh, but <laughs> That's fair. I just, you know, I just, I just feel like, you know, also this is, you know, this is one of the songs where, you know, I think Prince, um, you know, kind of was basically testing Joshua Welton to see like what he was going to bring. And it does right. kind of have the feel of like, you know, an early attempt at, at doing something. Um, you know, I don't know how much experience Joshua Welton had at production before this. Uh, I think uh, Prince Volk credits him as a dancer the year before this. <laughs> with Prince. Oh wow! Yeah, so I think it was a That's bit quite a leap. Yeah, so I think it was a bit of a promotion, and you know he was mostly like known for being like a you know touring keyboard player with with you know Third Eye Girl. Uh, so the jump to producer this really does feel like Prince being like, well, you know, here's here's a here's a you know here's a chorus, here's a couple of verses, just show me what you can do with it. And and it does have that kind of that feeling of being like a kind of tryout of, you know, what's what's kind of going on, um, you know. So, right. you know, I mean, Prince performed it live a little bit in 2015, but mostly as a track played over the PA before the, before the band came out. Right. Uh, which, you know, like you say, that that's obviously the kind of the playing of like, you know, uh, kind of previous songs. Uh, that this kind of fits into that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if it's like a, you know, a, a, a sampling of, of how Prince concerts begin, then I guess it kind of, it works like that. Uh, but as the opening track on an album, I just don't feel it's a, you know, a strong enough start. Um, but, you know, that's just that's fine. So uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can about the Million Dollar Show. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Chris? Sure. I have a Prince podcast that my husband and I make. It's called The Mountains and the Sea. So we pick a high and a low from each and every Prince album. And we look at related artists and all that kind of good stuff. And we have a good time with that. And I also have a true crime podcast called Killer Fun. Um, you can find the Mountains and the Sea on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can find Killer Fun also on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod. And both of them are available anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Unless, of course, you are Judith Hill. By all means, do email. Uh, <laughs> thanks once more for being my guest here, Kristen. It's been my pleasure. Enjoy the million dollar show. <laughs> Otherwise, goodbye. Yeah. It's June.